Hey, hope you're good tonight. If you're not, it's going to get better. So great to have you here in church. Um, I'm Pastor Rob, if you don't know who I am. And this little thing here is called a Bible. And uh, I love the Bible. And, and what we do in church is we, we teach about the Bible. We teach the Word of God to people. So that's the context. So if you're new to church or you haven't been to church for a long time or you've never been to this church or this type of church, then I'm glad you're here tonight. And uh, you'll see people raising their hands and, and doing things like that. That's our expression to God. Um, to him, that's our style of worship. That's all it is. We're not the only church. We're not the best church. We're just the top. We, we like it this way and that's why we do it this way. So um, that's my explanation. So if you are new, that's okay. And I hope that you can uh, get something from tonight's message because I am so excited about tonight's message because I know this is going to be a junction point for many people in their life tonight where you're going to be able to look back and say, God did something special in my life that night because I know it was just like this in a meeting like this where God touched me um, over and over again in, in lots of different church meetings where the Holy Spirit began to speak to me in special ways and start to show me things and start to uh, reveal things to me. You know, church is not the only place where God can speak to us, but I tell you what, it's a powerful place. So um, let's pray before I get into the, the preaching tonight. And I just want you to just consider what God might do for you tonight as I pray and say, Jesus, just you know, speak to me in a special way today. So dear Heavenly Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus tonight that you may uh, speak your word to our hearts today. May we be open, may we be ready for something supernatural to happen in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's good to see Peter Hawke here as well from the Gideons. Let's give him a, a welcome tonight. And also we have a contingent from Tumby Bay, our cousins from Tumby, so they're great to have them with us as well. Let's give them a hand tonight. <clears throat> so this morning I did mention, I, I want to pre uh, preach to you tonight on prayer and uh, punchy prayer. So you know, there's, there's, there's two types of prayer. Maybe there's lots of types of prayers, but there's two I'm going to talk about tonight. There's, there's, there's a wimpy prayer and there's punchy prayer. And I don't want to be a wimpy prayer. I want to be a punchy prayer. So, so it's like, you know, that, that guy there, don't feel sorry for him. He's a representation of the devil. And I want us to knock the sweat right off his face in our prayers. So um, tonight I want to tell you about a weapon that's at your disposal whenever and wherever you need it. It's sharp as a sword and it's as accurate as a bullet and it's, a, it's explosive like a grenade and that is punchy prayer. So, uh, you know, I'm going to show you some stuff. I'm going to get distracted and sidetracked but hopefully I, I stick to things pretty good. Um, so wouldn't you love it in every situation that you face in life to have the answer? Have you ever been in like where you're talking to someone or you're trying to do a deal or something like that? And you think, you go away and you think, oh, I wish I had a thought of that. Or I should have said that, especially when you're in an argument with someone. You think, oh, I've got to shut them down, but I didn't think of it in time. It's like, I, I'm, I'm always living like that. But, but wouldn't it be good if you, had the, to, you were able to find the answer to see even the direction that you should take in life or to know how to respond? But I want to introduce you to tonight the, the power of a punchy prayer life. So um, it'd be great to have the answer in every situation. But prayer is a weapon. And I want you to, dis to discover 
the power in praying and when you discover the, the punchy power of prayer, it can change everything around you. It can change everything in your circumstance. Everything in your life can change when you discover that you have a power in your punch. I was talking to Matt Downey this morning, uh, awesome guy who, who used to live here, now he lives in Port Augusta and he's, he's got to come back somehow. But um, he, he's, le- he's doing boxing these days and, I'm, and you know, he's huge already. And I'm thinking, Matt, he would have such a huge reach. Uh, and I don't know if I'll get to this later, but I'll, I'll introduce it now. One of the greatest keys about fighting, if you want to get in a fight with someone, th- now, if you take notes, kids, if you're at school, get someone else to do the fight for you. That's the best way to fight. You, it's like find someone who's bigger and stronger than you and say, well, if you, I, I, I want to fight you, but you fight him. He, he takes my place. That's the best way to fight. So that you stand out of the way and say, he's fighting on my behalf. But the key is find someone who's a better fighter than you to fight for you. So there's a spiritual connection in this. We'll get to that as you go. So number one, remember this. Let someone else do the fight for you. You got that? Take notes. If you're taking that, let someone else fight for you. It was a lesson I did not learn at school. Because I always got beaten because I didn't let someone else do it for me. So there's a foundation here we're going to start with. If we want to, if we want to enter into uh, a, a prayer punch that, that really has power, is make Jesus the Lord in your life. That's the first 101 that you need. The first, the first platform, if you want to have a, a, a powerful and punchy prayer life, is have Jesus the Lord in your life. So I think it would be interesting to find out how many people across the world who, um, who pray or have prayed even though they aren't believers in God? I mean, I don't know how we would do that if we did a survey uh, and said, hey, if people were honest and, and we went around the world and asked all different people from all different backgrounds and all different experiences and expressions, even people who claim to be atheists and say to them, have you ever prayed? And I think if people were really, truly honest, you'd be surprised at how many people, even though they don't confess God, have prayed at some point in their life. Maybe a crisis, maybe, maybe because of some other situation. But I'm tell, telling you, people are much more open to an experience of God than what we think. Even people who would say that they don't believe in God. But Galatians 1 verse 4, that's, you know, so if you're not used to church, we say things like, funny words like that. That means it's a, it's a chapter in the Bible it says this, it should be on your screens. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. That's a, 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 a good fundamental scripture there for us as, as believers in Jesus. I couldn't have said it better myself. But if you don't know God or who Jesus is, he wants you to know him and being in church is a great start. Being in church is a great place to start if you're searching for God. So I want to encourage you, if you are searching for who God is or trying to work out your own, your own uh, way in life, then well, while you're thinking about it, while you're searching about it, go to church. I encourage you to go to church as much as you can. And I know that they're the, that's the place where God spoke to me and God showed himself to me little by little. But Jesus wants us, if you go back to Galatians, Jesus wants us 
to be rescued from the world. And while we're in this world, we're given access to spiritual power when we pray, when we take things to God. So, you know, what, what, it's a mistake to think, well, uh, and it would, it would be wrong of me to preach to people and say, hey, give your life to Jesus, come to know God and, and, and give him your life, make him Lord of your life and all, everything's going to be sweet like roses. You're going to get chocolate every morning for breakfast and it's just going to be wonderful. I can't say that. But what we have is someone who can help us journey through life while we're still living in it. And the world is full of bad stuff and bad things will happen. Even you know, Being a Christian isn't, isn't immunity like we have in those, you know, those reality TV shows. We want immunity. We have immunity challenge. They can't get us. I'm safe till the next round. We don't get that. But, we, but in the midst of it, we can have a knockout punch so that when the devil plans something against us, we knock him out. That's what the Bible's full of. You know, what, what I see in the Bible over and over again is the, the, the very thing that the devil tries to put God's people down is what God uses to put them up. I'm glad you're excited about that. But here's another foundation tonight. Prayer is not a magic wand for all your wants to be achieved. So if, we, if that's how we're praying, oh God, you know, she's really cute, make her love me. Oh wow, I really need that, I really need that, that thing, whatever it is, that, that new item. Oh, oh God, you know, if you give that to me, then I'll know you'll really love me. It's not a magic wand. God is not a genie that we, we rub, the, rub the bottle or rub, rub the, 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 the thing and then, then the, the God pops out and gives us three wishes. He doesn't do that. That's, that, that's a very carnal, base way of thinking about God. But prayer is a powerful weapon when used in spiritual combat. So the best place to use your praying is when you're in a spiritual fight, which we are in every single day. So the Bible says we're in a fight. And take this the right way. You don't need to fight fair in this fight. You know, it's funny, you know, I grew up in a pretty weird school, but, but there was rules about fighting. And, and, you know, you never wanted to get known as a dirty fighter. So you definitely didn't scratch anybody. That's real bad. You don't bite anybody in a fight. And you don't kick people when they're down in a fight. It's okay to kick them while they're still standing, but not when they go down. But just look at some of the things that, that you know, just think of your own life and think of things that you've seen in the world. Some of the things that the devil does, some of the things that life has thrown at us. And if you think it's not fair, then don't fight fair back. So the devil, he comes in and, and, and wrecks, wrecks our life. He comes in and brings all, all sorts of things to destabilize us, to, to bring confusion, to, to, to tear us apart, tear our families apart, do all these kind of things. He's not fighting fair. And then when we come to our prayer life, we're going, oh, we've got to be all nice and polite. You've got to get down and get dirty in your prayer. When you go to war in prayer, we can get nasty, fight dirty, because the enemy, he sure does. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't care if he wrecks your family. He doesn't care if he ruins your, your career. He doesn't care whether he takes everything off you and, 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 and ruins your future. He doesn't care about that. You could be thinking about your past and thinking, you know what, I've had such a terrible past. You know, and if you want to blame anyone, blame the devil. 
because he's the one who brought it there. He's the one who fought it unfair to you. And so you need to start saying, God, I want to fight dirty against the devil. Are you allowed to say that? So Ephesians 6 verse 12, there's another Bible verse here. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities. We're talking about demons here um, of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits of the he- and evil spirits in heavenly places. So the, the fact that we, that we need to come to, whether we want to or not, whether we want to accept it or not, we're in a war every day. We're surrounded by an enemy who wants to to take off us what God wants to give us. So what prayer does, it takes the things that you have and it takes the thing that you have no chance against. So if there's there's a battle that you're thinking, I I can't beat this, this is too big for me. What prayer does, it takes that thing that you, you have no power against and you bring that thing to God and you say, God, you fight that for me. And that's what I mean about fighting unfair. So to do that, it takes faith. But as I started earlier on saying, you, you let something bigger fight for you, the best way to fight, when it comes to spiritual things in your life, you need to let Jesus do the fight and you stand back because he's bigger than you, he's stronger than you, he's smarter than you and he loves you and he will, if you ask him, he will step in between you and the enemy and he will see the enemy taken care of. I thought that was pretty good. So don't fight fair because Jesus is always bigger than the devil. And the thing is, he'll never, the enemy will never stop going after you. He will never stop trying to bring accusation against you. He'll never stop bringing fear into your life. He'll never stop bringing guilt and shame and all these other things that he's an expert of dumping on you. The, the devil, what he does is he, he tempts people into sin and says, look, this is so good. You need this. You want this. This is so attractive. Do it. Do it. Do it. Then when you fall for it, then he says, you dirty, rotten sinner. Look what you did. Run away from God. Don't go to church anymore. God doesn't love you. Those people are going to judge you. I want to tell you something. We don't want to judge you here in this church, but we want to love you. We want to see you whole. We want to see you growing in the things of God, and we will pray with you and help you and see you you go to the destiny that God has destined for you. So that's what Jesus says to you. Oh, sorry, I've got ahead of myself. Psalm 27 There's a little part in that that says, Hear me as I pray, Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. There's a great relationship verse right there. This is what Jesus says to you. Come, talk. Prayer doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. So can you talk? There's a question you can answer. Can you talk here tonight? Then you can pray. So if you're able to talk, then you're able to pray. And I know we can make prayer so complicated, so complex, so these are the rules of prayer and three things and all this sort of stuff. That's all good. That's great. We love it. But you know something? If you can talk, you can pray. You don't have to have a whole lot of faith. You don't have to have a whole lot of knowledge. You just have to be able to talk. And when you need to, you can just say, God, help me. Jesus, will you show me what I should do? And when you start to bring that to God, then whatever it is that is spiritually 
um, opposing you, then Jesus will step into that place and say, I'll take care of this. So it, it always amazes me that Jesus needed to pray. When Jesus came and, and walked the earth, he prayed. It says in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. See, Jesus is God in human body, and yet he needed to pray. So if you've ever felt disappointed of praying and seeing things get worse, have you ever been there? Think, God, I'm desperate. I'm praying and praying, and things got worse. Maybe the worst that could happen happened. Even after you prayed about it, here's a thought. Because sometimes we need to thank God for the prayers that he doesn't answer. That's really hard, even the tough stuff. So I'm going to show you something, and, and, and hopefully it makes sense to you tonight. It says in Luke chapter 22 that Jesus prayed the most anguished of prayers. He, it says he, he prayed with such earnestness that he, he sweated great drops of blood. There's a, there's a medical name for this where, where, where your, your uh, sweat glands or whatever it is that you have, that, that blood will come out when you're so stressed and so tormented that you'll actually bleed out of your skin. And Jesus was at that place of turmoil and anguish that he's, he's praying and, and, and blood is mixing with his sweat. But he's praying to God um, to avoid the cross, to avoid the torture of the cross. And, he, and his prayer is highlighted by his submission to the plan of God. We've heard this where, where Jesus said, not my will be done, but your will be done, God. But you know something, when we, when we think about prayers that are un, unanswered, now you don't have to put your hand up or respond to me, but who here has ever had a prayer unanswered? Don't put your hand up. Who's ever thought, but God, I prayed and I was so earnest and I was so desperate and you didn't do it the way I wanted. And that's a huge thing that a lot of people get discouraged. A lot of people turn away from God. A lot of people turn away from church because they say, you know, I prayed, but I didn't get the answer. You know something that we see in Jesus on that night that he was betrayed in the garden, desperately praying, God didn't answer the prayer that he prayed, which was take this cup away from me. Take this torture out of my life. Lord, I don't want to, God, I don't want to face that. If there's another way, then, then please spare me. But then he finishes the prayer by saying, but God, not my will be done in this, but your will be done. Now, I'm not saying that God wants to torture you or take you through such a thing, but I want to tell you something, that Jesus had his prayer denied so that you could have your prayer answered. Well, give the Lord a clap for that. It, it says in verse 43 that he's praying in this desperate situation. And, and in verse 43 of Luke 22, it says, An angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. And I want to tell you something, we might not see the angels, but when you pray, when you say, God, because we're, we're the beneficiaries of the cross. We're the beneficiaries of the spiritual power that Jesus won upon the cross. Why do you think that Satanists and all that kind of stuff, can we talk about this? Why do you think they think it's awesome and, and power to kill a cat, nail it to a, to a house or whatever? Because they think there's power in that because there is, that they think they're going to get a spiritual you know, bonus out of uh, killing something and shedding its blood. Well, you know what? You can't get better than a sinless, spotless Lamb of God who is Jesus, who shed his blood, who, who said, well, you know what? Kill millions of cats because my blood is going to be greater and has more authority and you're never going to have anything that trumps that. But Jesus will hear your prayer. 
And if you're willing to submit your limited perspective to the unlimited perspective of, of God, pray in your prayers, Lord, your will be done. And, and we've got to start. You know, I just want you to go away and think about this when you go home this week, is think about some of the prayers that you didn't see an answer for and say, thank you, God, because I only was praying with my limited perspective. I was only praying for, from the limited knowledge that I have about, about life and about experience and about what I think I need. And one of the biggest problems we have in prayer, because I tell you what, prayer is a huge problem for people who say, but I went to this church, I tried this church stuff, didn't work because I prayed and it didn't happen. But what we're doing is we're praying, we're telling God how to do the, how, how to do the answer. And we're saying, God, I need this and I need that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with specific prayers when God is the author of that specific thing. But we're often telling God, I want it this way, and, and you open that door, and you close that door, and you do this and that, and God says, you know what, why don't you just trust me and, and say in your prayer, because there's nothing wrong, and I'm not saying that we're, we're not praying in faith right now, but you've got to learn to say, God, the, the most important factor in my life is your will in my life, not my will in God's life. So prayer... Is a, I'll just go back a bit. In, in my, my experience, I can only see like this much. From, from my experience of life, my, my, my study, which hasn't been very good, my, my, my experiences of life only give me a, a picture of the world about this big. No matter how much Google I do, I'm only going to see about this much. But, but God's perspective of the world and life and, and, and from Adam and Eve until eternity is like forever. He knows everything. He's in everything. He's bigger than everything. And, and if I can say, well, God, if, if you can see over the horizon from before I was born to, to after I die, then I want to trust you with everything in between. I can only see this much, but God wants the best of everything in your life. And when we start to submit our plans and our desires and our perspectives and say, God, I can't see much beyond this, but, but I want to see what you see. Help me to rest in that. Then Jesus, again, steps in, in front of you and pushes the obstacles away and makes a way where there was no way. Prayer is our spiritual grenade launcher. It gives us an unfair advantage over the spiritual elements that vie to control your life. There are a lot of elements that vie to control your life. A couple I've already touched on, but, but fear is a big one. It's a lie. Fear of losing. A lot of people never start because they have a spirit of fear on them. A spirit of sickness can be upon people, and, and it's like they're always sick. They, they, they sort of like this, this perpetual thing. They, they get over one thing, then there's something else comes upon them. And, and, and we've got to start to, to say, I've had that. I've had enough of that. I want God to, to take me into a, a season of health. And, and when we give that to Jesus, he'll work in our bodies, in our lives. I want to give you one, or maybe two last stories here. I want to tell you of a king who faced spiritual forces of evil and he won when he prayed, when he took it to God. The king is Hezekiah. He didn't have a big army. He didn't have a military advantage. He was sieged, surrounded in his city, and he was helpless against a much more powerful enemy. 
And you know what? We've, we can all go uh, through life and have a season. I'm not saying we live like this every day, where it's like you're, you, you're living in a siege, where you're thinking, which, whichever way I turn, it's like I'm surrounded. Relationships are going bad. At work, I, I, I'm finding it tough. Um, financially, there's problems going on here everywhere. And to top it all off, the car's breaking down, and I've got a headache. Second Kings chapter 19 tells the, the, you know, the whole chapter, if you want to read it, Second Kings chapter 19 tells the whole story, but I'm just going to give you three, three little parts of it. Verse 10 says, this message is for the king, is for King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you with the promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. So his enemy is the king of Assyria. He's a picture of, of the devil or of evil. Now, verse 14 says, after Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it, here's the key, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And it says in verse 15 that he prayed, and he prayed this prayer before the Lord. Um, So he says, you know, you see what this king of Assyria is saying. You see the threats that he's bringing. You see the the evil that he wants to put on, on the people of Jerusalem. And it says that that night, verse 35 and 37, 185,000 Assyrian soldiers died without without King Hezekiah doing anything. Uh, And in the morning, the Assyrian king broke camp and returned to his own land. See, that's the power of letting God into your situation. So you might have that, that, fa- that, that thing called the electricity bill. You might have a thing called a, a, a divorce paper. You might have that thing of, of, of whatever it is that is, is facing you, uh, a piece of paper that, that uh, confirms your greatest fear that you need to spread that out before God. You need to bring that to the house of God sometimes. And often, you know, the church is open during the week. You can come here and just say, hey, I just need to d- spend some time in prayer. You know, come and do that. Just bring your problems. Maybe write them out yourself and say, I'm going to bring this to the house of God. I'm going to lay it like Hezekiah did. He went to the house of God and he prayed. Now, you know, you don't have to do that for God to hear your prayer, but sometimes it's just as simple uh, as that, saying, I'm going to go to somewhere that's quiet, go somewhere where I can just be alone in the presence of God and cry out to him for the solution, for the answer, for the, um, for the assistance that I need. So don't allow your life to be plunder to the devil and to his demons. You've got to pray them out in spiritual warfare and watch, watch those things break camp and move away from you because you don't want to live surrounded. You don't want to live sieged by the enemy. You want to live where, where you can come and go as you please and come and go as the Lord directs your life. So there's just too many examples of men and women of God in the Bible who took the battle to God and saw victory who let Jesus stand in between them and their enemies. So, one last verse is Philippians 4, verse 6. And this this verse really, really spoke to me probably about seven years ago or so, here in this church, facing some challenges. And you know something? I really want to encourage you. Pray for your pastor. That's me. But you've got to pray for me. 
Because you don't understand the challenges and the things. You might think, well, I'm struggling in my life and the things that I've got to deal with. You know what? Well, whatever it is, I've got to do it 150 more times because that's how many people are relying uh, you know, here you know, in, in our church that are relying for, for me as a leader to stand firm and to bring the word and to, to hear what God's saying and to bring the direction and all those sorts of things. But you need to pray for your, for your pastors and your leaders. The Bible says that. We, we, at the moment, I think it's really important we pray for our prime minister because he is a believer. You need to pray for, we, we always pray for our prime ministers and our premiers and our leaders, but more so now than ever, pray for our prime minister that God will strengthen him in that. But anyway, I was here in this church going through some struggles, going through, th- through some things. And, and you know, like sometimes it, it, it's like, you know, you're just trying to, this is me being honest here. We're just trying to get things done. And it's like this opposition, left, right, and center. It's one thing to get opposition from the devil, but when you get it from your brothers and sisters, you know what, you think, why am I doing this? Why am I getting opposition from within the church? And it's one of those days where I went home and I thought, you know what, God? Probably life would probably be a whole lot easier if I just went back to my old job. Went back to, to, to my past life. And I could just be, I could be comfortable there. I could get on a, I can get a great superannuation package. I can just... Uh, you know, work the next 10 or 15 years of my life and then retire and I would be happy and, and I wouldn't have to deal with these, these battles spiritually because I was finding it too hard and I was, I was you know, halfway through writing the resignation letter thinking this will teach them this will show them all it does is that's a, a, a letter for the devil to say thank you you're listening to me loud and clear. One of my kids recently said, said, oh, Dad, you know, having a bit of a whinge and a sook. And I said, you know what you're doing right now? You're saying, devil, I'm listening. I'm tuned in loud and clear. And we can do that all the time by negative and uh, um, uh, sort of all the ways that, that the devil's whispers in our ear. And we hear that so well. And then we say, yeah, I'm going to write my resignation. I'm gonna... That'll show them. All that does is saying, yes, devil, I heard you loud and clear and I heard your voice louder than the call of God. We need to always be wary of that little thing. But I went home. Instead of writing that letter, I I grabbed my Bible. I said, God, you've got to show me something. You've got to speak to me. And I know the best and most accurate way that God will speak to you is through his word. So a lot of people say, God spoke to me. God told me. You know, that can be a little bit ambiguous, but you've got, to, you've got to confirm what you feel in God saying to you with the word from here. You have to. Because otherwise you can be misled by your own imagination and then it turns to something else. And then you say that it was God's idea. It was really just your own. And I turned in my Bible, you know, just one of them random things, honestly, totally random. I opened my Bible and turned to... to Philippians 4 verse 6 because I'm thinking I don't know what to do it's all too hard and it was like the Holy Spirit was right there with me in that room and and I turned to Philippians 4 verse 6 and my eyes got to that one verse after everything else in the Bible that says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done and I'll tell you what I just went 
thank you, God, for that amazing word, just what I need. That's why I think it's important that we, that we always live close with a Bible close by. Because it is so relevant, it is so powerful. So that day I just got down on my knees in my little office at home and I said, God, I don't want to worry about anything anymore. I'm not going to worry about the voices that are not happy with me. I'm not worried about the voices that are, that are, that are um, saying that I'm not doing a good job. I'm not worried about the people who, who don't like this and don't like that. But I'm going to pray about everything. I'm going to pray about you know the people who I need on the roster. Lord, I'm going to pray about the people I need to help get things done around here. I'm going to pray about that. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell God what I need and then I'm going to thank Him for all He's done. And when we can live with a, with a spirit of thankfulness, then God really starts to, to move on our behalf. So tonight your life may not seem to make any sense. Maybe you've, you've never realized that there is a spiritual world at all. Maybe you've never realized that there's a spiritual world that affects our living. We aren't fighting people, but we're fighting spiritual forces. And I need you to see that tonight. Tonight is your night to start a new fight. Tonight is your night to stop being polite against the enemy who wants to keep taking from you. You've got to start saying, ah, no more. You're not taking any more ground. You're not taking any more of my money. You're not taking any more of my happiness. You're not taking any more of of my security. You're not taking any more, devil. Now, if you're going to do that just by by declaring it yourself, you know what? He's going to say, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm taking it. You're going to say, you're not taking it anymore because Jesus is doing the fighting for me now. Jesus is, is standing in for me. Then he's going to go, mm. and, and more than likely, he's going to say, well, you know what? I'm not going to win in that fight. So he's going to break camp and go back to his own land and leave you alone for a while. Why don't we stand to our feet tonight? I think we, we I want to, there was the guys who were here earlier for our prayer meeting. I kind of prepped them up and we're ready to pray with people tonight. If you want prayer. I'm just you know, throwing this out in the limb. We're going to sing in a second. But I, I don't know what's challenging your life right now. But Jesus wants to beat it for you. Whatever that challenge is, you maybe you could close your eyes right now and start to think about whatever your greatest challenge is right now. Whatever's been holding you back. Whatever you feel ripped off the most about. If you'll come to the to allow Jesus to take the battle for you, to take that thing and say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to live in, in, in confusion about things anymore. I want to take it to God in prayer. He'll lift that for you and you'll fight with the unfair advantage because you'll have Jesus fighting for you. While the team here leads us in this song again, don't feel compelled or, or, or whatever to come. But I know that we've, I've preached tonight for this point of decision, of challenge, so that people can respond and, and say, I'm going to take a step forward out of my seat. I'm going to take a step beyond 
where it's comfortable and I'm going to ask you to come and, and stand along the front and, and in, in that sign or that show, you're saying, Jesus, I want you to fight for me. Jesus, there's battles that I can't deal with all, all by myself. I need your help. And we're going to be declaring in this song that God is good and that he wants to stand in the gap for you and, and do the fighting for you. So while we're, while we're seeing this view a few times and, and you'll have people come and pray with you, that's what the church does. It's a body of believers who want to uphold and, and strengthen one another. So I've asked those people that, you know, so if someone who maybe is a stranger um, prays with you, that's okay. They're going to encourage you. They're going to have a word for you. And they're going to help you to stand in the fight. So I'm going to invite you to come right now as we sing. So thanks, Beth. And why don't you come?